listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from 1990, 64 funny cars with AMC Pacer. And actually, 64 funny cars from Victoria are back together and are going to be playing a gig coming up July the 29th at the Wise Hall here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's a special Alex Chilton tribute show featuring performances by 64 Funny Cars, Vancouver Nights, Magnetic West, LXLX featuring members of Go For Three and The New Black. Magnetic West features members of Modernettes, Frank Frank Five and the Mud Bay Blues Band. William Alexander and the High Priests, members of Little Guitar Army, The Stoolies and the Belladines, Wilderness Years, Vancouver Indie Rockers, 64 Funny Cars, as I mentioned, She Was the Law, China Syndrome, and the Tiny Tim Overdrive Experience. Uh, real experience, all ukulele ensemble. And that's going to be happening. You're going to be hearing the AMC Pacer tune by 64 Funny Cars in this tribute to Alex Chilton on July the 29th at the Wise Hall here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And all proceeds for this are going to the Alex Chilton of the Alex Chilton Tribute Show are going to Fresh Choice Kitchens, the community kitchen program of the Vancouver Food Bank Society. And this is all happening Thursday, July the 29th, the Wise Hall, 1882, Adenac. Alex Chilton Tribute Show. 64 Funny Cars, Back and Rockin', and that was their classic from 1990. I think originally released on a 7-inch AMC Pacer. Today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with former Canadian Prime Minister Jean Chrétien, and a little tribute, not to Alex Chilton, although the tribute to Alex Chilton will be very worthy July the 29th at the Wise Hall. A tribute to Dennis Hopper on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. I'm going to rerun an interview that I did with Dennis Hopper a few years ago. And you might hear yourself on it because we invited callers to call in. So you might be on this tribute yourself. So today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with Jean Chrétien and Dennis Hopper. Right now, here's a track from the new Apollo Ghosts LP. And the track is Attacks, Attacks, Attacks. And in Jean Chrétien and in Dennis Hopper. Rest in peace.
because uh, you're going to break it. Cause uh, I'm gonna fake it Check, check, check Check, check, check Check, check, check 1, 2, 3 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 Who are you? Jean Chrétien Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada Jean Chrétien I'm happy I've been here quite a lot of times in my life since I came here the first time in uh, July 1967, you were not born. How did you know that? Well, you're a kid. I am the kid. Yes, you're the kid. Mr. Kretchen, Celine Dion, when she warms up for a performance, she listens to ACDC, and she also listens to hair metal. How do you prepare for a performance? How do you prepare for a presentation? But I don't prepare myself because I do not have performance anymore. I'm in retirement. How about a presentation? Like, how do you get yourself psyched up to ready to go out to meet a crowd? Celine Dion uses heavy metal music. How do you do it when you're going out there to meet a crowd, even when you're retired? No, I've never done anything special. I, I move from one environment to another one, and I don't feel compelled to, you know, but I'm not a performer like she has to perform because, you know, I've seen her in Las Vegas, and it's kind of a difficult performance so uh, you uh, you know it's not only intellectually difficult she has to have a good memory but it's very physical thing she dance and jump and so on so uh, I think she has to prepare herself to be but in being a prime minister you have to jump and dance and sing it's quite physical too isn't it I know but you do that from your seat in the house of Commons. so it's uh, you don't need to do any mental uh, gymnastics to get ready. Well, how about when you're challenging Bill Clinton to a little jump over a fence, like in your brand new book? Because uh, I li I'm a very competitive guy, and uh, there was this, uh, we were in Great Britain, and there was, uh, we escaped our bodyguards for uh, some 45 minutes. That was quite a feast for us. And we went into the bush, and we came back, and from, uh, and there was a wall about four, five, six feet high, plus a ramp. And I said, Bill, why don't we jump over that? And I, very competitive as I can be, I was up long, and he had problem to do it, too. And he's only 14 years younger than I. So I felt pretty good. That was a good day where... Canadian one. Mr. Kretchen, that's in your book, and also in your book is an amazing photo. What can you tell the people about this photo here? I just find this absolutely incredible. This is you shirtless with a whole bunch of journalists here in Rio de Janeiro. We were in Rio, and uh, we were in the same hotel, and I went down to swim, and they were all there, and we had a beer in the in a swimming pool, and it looks pretty friendly crowd. Now, what sort of adventures do you get involved with in politics? Like, for instance, in 1971, were you involved in some vodka drinking contests with the Russians? They, no, it, yes, it was. It was not a contest. It is, uh, they decided to get me drunk. 
And they do that. You know, we were in Siberia and we were on, on the Lena River. And uh, this, the ambassador said to me, uh, Minister, uh, today, that is the day that they will get you drunk. And they do that to a lot of guests. So they said, don't worry, we'll uh, take care of you. And we drank a lot of vodka, toasting friendship over the north, and it is the year that we can eat and we defeat them at the hockey and so on, so we had a lot of fun. And by the end of the afternoon, unfortunately, I had taken a bit too much of it. But uh, they said, let's have a contest between three, four Canadians and four Russians jumping into the river, swimming to another boat. And it is the Lena River. The Lena River is like the Mackenzie River, so it's, it's not warm there. So we were four Canadians, we just uh, got ready to, to jump, you know, took off our clothes, and we were in our underwears, and they were two, and we were the eight of us, and they jumped the gun, and only us, the Canadian, jumped into the water, and the Russian found it very funny. But what happened is when I was in the water, I drank a hell of a lot of water, so that diluted my vodka, and the premier of the province of, uh, of Yakutsk there, who was there, you know, they had to carry him out of the boat while I walk on my own power off the boat to the acclamation of the Canadian, uh, jokingly, you know, because it was, it's what they say, it was a contest. Uh, you know, they, they, this, they do that one time, Mike Pearson, who became prime minister when he was minister uh, of foreign affairs, had a, a similar adventure in Moscow, and he's done very well, according to what I read about it. Mr. Kretchen, on page 12 of your brand new book, you talk about letting your grandsons eavesdrop on your first conversation with Bill Clinton. That was really nice of you. Yes, why not? You know, Bill Clinton called me. I had won the election in the, morning, the night before. The, the final result came late. No, it was early, but concession by the then Prime Minister, Madame Campbell, who was from B.C., waited until the results were in in B.C. to concede. So in my writing time, it was midnight. Anyway, Mr. Clinton called me early in the morning to congratulate me, and I said to the kids, why don't listen? I'm talking with the President of the United States, and they, they were there. It was really cool to let them eavesdrop. That was really cool, yeah, Mr. Prachin. It was nothing that confidential, you know. But it still, was, it was only the President of the United States. the President of the United States, and I was only the Prime Minister of Canada mm -hmm. that day. And you are Mr. Jean Chrétien, the former Prime Minister of Canada. On page 195 of your book, you talk about using Diana Krall as bait to get the Mexican president up to Canada. You find it cool? You got her up here. Yes, what happened is that uh, we had a f conference, an international conference on federalism, and it was Mr. Dion who was in charge, and he had this idea that we should have big speakers. So he said, why don't we invite Bill Clinton and Zidio? I said, hey, hey, I mean, these guys don't go to make conferences too often. But it turned out that it was organized in a way that Mr. Clinton came there and uh, he had come to Ottawa. It was not very far. We took the helicopter to go there and he made his speech. And after that, we had a golfball game, him and I. So, uh, but how to get Zidio? Zidio, as president of Mexico, if the president of Mexico wants to get out of the country, he needs the permission of his parliament. So it's not easy. And um, so I said, Ernesto, why don't you come? I said, I cannot jump because, you know, I don't want to ask the permission and it, probably not. You know, there's so many times I can go and ask the permission to leave. It's kind of a funny system. I don't know if they still have it. So, but I said, it's too bad, because if you had come to Canada, Diana Krall would have been there. 
and I knew I'd been at his residence as president, and I've seen some of the music of Diana Krall. So uh, when I told him that, I said, it's too bad. So he asked for the permission, and he came. And she was in Canada at that time, so she came to Ottawa for a lunch. And she had invited for that occasion our mom and dad from uh, Mananaimo here uh, to be there. And uh, it was, uh, we had other guests, and uh, I put uh, Zidio and his wife right next to the, <laughs> the piano, and Diana would ask them what they wanted her to play and sing. So the bite was Diana Crowell, and he came and made a very good conference, a uh, good speech. Mr. Kretschmann, speaking of records and stuff, do you remember this record, Go Go Trudeau at all? Do you remember this by Lay Sinners? But it was 68. I can see that right there. You know, it, is, it was his first election. I was already, uh, you know, in his, uh, in his cabinet at that time. We were sworn in as cabinet minister the year before, something like the 6th of April, uh, 1967. And we became both uh, ministers the same day. Less than a year after that, he was a leader, and that was the Trudeau mania. So the people... Uh, Made a record called Go, Go, Trudeau. Go, Go, Trudeau, uh, you know, and a few was, others. Was there ever a Jean Chrétien record? Is there a Jean Chrétien record? No, no, no. Like there was no go-go Chrétien? Uh, no. Um, I, you know, I was... The only f funny thing I've done is uh, with music is they got me, they gave me, my caucus gave me one day a uh, German trombone, and I played a few here, a few times here and there with that, uh, one time in public on TV, but it was almost a terrible disaster. So, and I, at the convention of the Liberal Party, I, I, they forced me to use it, but, you know, I'm not a performer, and, but I like music, and, uh, but, uh, trombone is not uh, something that you can be used very often to be a solace anywhere now. How about this particular Canadian band, French Canadian band? So many great French Canadian bands. Do you remember them? Les Classelles at all? Classelles, and uh, one of them is uh, the, one, the husband of Céline Dion. And I uh, will tell you something that nobody knows, but uh, uh, these guys, you know, uh, what is the, the what, what is the name of? Uh, he might actually be in the band Les Baronets. Might not, but have been Les Classels. Oh, I see Les Baronets. I'm sorry, you you're right, the Classel. Because the Baronets' first performance was in my hometown. He told that to me. Really? You know, but the Classel, yes, yeah, they, they were very popular in those days, and I, but I don't know them personally, no. Mr. Kretschmann, on page 185 of your book, yeah. talking about APEC, you say, all at once, everybody began shouting about Pepper. Yes. And I guess what I was wondering is, wasn't everybody me? I actually asked a Pepper question, Mr. Kretschmann. But, you know, you did. Yes, it wasn't like everybody yelling at you. It was like one person. I was actually asking you a question about punk rock and pepper spray, and that's what prompted your reply. Mr. Kretschmann, regarding Suharto, there's a song out there right now by a punk band called the Nomads called the Suharto Stomp. Earlier today as well at UBC, there were an incredible number of protesters. Do you think, Mr. Kretschmann, if you were, say, 40 years younger, that you too would be writing punk songs and protesting against APAC? But for me, uh, in a democracy, people protest. I have, I, I've been protested a few times in my lifetime. <laughs> I did that myself too when I was a student. Do you think, though, that mace equals freedom? Some of the protesters were maced. What do you say? 
some of the protesters were maced. Does mace equal freedom? Would you, would you have been maced yourself back then, Prime Minister Kretchen? But, but I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, mace? Pepper spray? Some other members? Oh, but I don't know. This technique did not exist in those days. <laughs> For me, pepper, I put it on my plate. <laughs> Next. Perhaps, but uh, my recollection is I had many questions about it, and I didn't know at all what had happened, because that happened uh, after I'd left. And so I said, what the hell, pepper, pepper, I put it on my plate. And uh, you remember that, because, uh, because they, they, they talk about not pepper. They talk about maize. Yes, I said, does mace equal freedom? Yeah, mace, and I didn't know the meaning of it. But oh. I saw, and I saw you shout to me, Pepper. I said, oh, Pepper, oh, I put it on my plate. Because I didn't know what you meant. So I could not reply better, because, you know, and I was in a good mood. The conference had gone well. Uh, there was, uh, had been no problem. And uh, earlier you had talked about your protesting years, how you protest yourself. Of I was course, of course. You know, I, when you're in public office, uh, you have to expect to have protests. I did organize protests myself when I was a kid. So once in a while when the protests were a bit lively, I would say to myself, Jean, you deserve it. You know, you remember what you did in Quebec City or Montreal and when you were a kid. So, uh, but, you know, but it has to be within the, the guidelines in respect of uh, no breaking uh, property and uh, letting the people uh, the right to, to go where they want to go. What was interesting, Mr. Kretchen, is I asked you that, and thank you for acknowledging now, because in your book you say, quote, once everybody began shouting. You didn't say wow. once Nardwar began was, shouting. It was so much noisy that I thought it was the old room, I guess. <laughs> you were very aggressive, if I remember, but uh, for me, I had the impression that the question came by many from many corners. No, it was right for me, Jean Kretchen, and what's amazing Amazing, Mr. Kretchen, is look at what happened. Did you see the stuff that happened from this? Somebody sent me this. There's an entire T-shirt here. Pepper, I put it on my plate. Yeah, that's a nice, uh, you know, and I'm smiling. So it's reflect the mood of the day. Is this capitalism at its best, Jean Kretchen? Well, that has nothing to do with capitalism. That is, you know, we... We were dealing with a serious problem of the fiscal problems that existed in the, in the Asian country at that time. The currency had collapsed in Korea and so on. So it was a very serious meeting that we had here. It's just amazing that it, it turned into a T-shirt. And believe it or not, Mr. Kretchen, it even makes an appearance, that quote that I asked you, even makes an appearance in Canadian history for dummies. Really, but I, it's not a, you know, but... Uh, it's, it's amazing. So it's why you have it, because you're a dummy, I guess. Yes, I am. Thank you very much, Mr. Kretchen. And winding up here, Mr. Kretchen, I was wondering, referring on here, on, you're talking about, on page 380 of your book, about the Pope. And I wanted to ask you, what can you tell me about the Pope and his influence to make you possibly move up your retirement date? Well, you know, no, you know, we, we had a chat and I, we uh, private talk and, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, my plan of retirement and uh, I don't remember exactly, but, uh, you know, he was a very, ex he was a very nice person. I met him many times as prime minister and, of course, my faith is, uh, I'm a Roman Catholic and uh, so, you know, we discuss uh, life and uh, Retirement was part of it. How about this gentleman here, Jean Chrétien? I was wondering, what can you tell me about these particular people? Frank Mahovlich. Frank Mahovlich is a, is a senator now, and he was a great hockey star for the Maple Leaf, and he was a great hockey star for the Canadian. And uh, he is a very popular senator today. 
and Harold Schwarzenegger. I don't know this guy, you know. Did you ever meet Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, I don't. I've never met him, but I know of him, you know, because he's from south of here, and uh, he's a governor of the state of California. I find it interesting, on page 284 of your book, Mr. Chrétien, we're speaking here to Jean Chrétien, you talk about Castro joking about Stockwell Day. Yes, but yes, uh, he said to me something, like I wrote that, uh, you should call an election. You know, he was an amazing character. For example, the morning, one morning I was going out of Havana and I was in a car with him, and he said, are you aware that, uh, Mr. Christian, that the stock market collapsed in the morning? There was a drop, you know, a big drop in the market, something like that. But Castro talking to me about the market, while it was not my preoccupation on the, uh, in the morning when I was getting up as prime minister. He knew about the Dow Jones. Yeah, that's surprising. And Mr. Christian, lastly here, I wanted to ask you about this. This right here is called the hip flip. And it is a little game, a little 1960s game. I did this actually with Jack Layton. Actually, Stephen Harper said no, he would not do the hip flip with me. Paul Martin did the hip flip. Jack Layton did the hip flip. Would you possibly partake in doing the hip flip with me, Jean Chrétien? I don't do these things. Why should I do it? Oh, just because I was asking you. want me on the record list? Oh, I'm just wondering if you could join the club, the hip flip club. It's just I've approached different political figures. Do it. Oh, well, I can show you how to do it. We have it right over here. Would you like to see it all, Mr. Kretchen? I don't know. Is that okay? Can no I show you? Problem. You know, okay. I'm a kid. Then. Okay. Well, we have it right over here. I have it right here, Mr. Kretchen. And what it is is... is I can understand. I can understand. Yeah. And then, like, all you do... And I, 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 I feel... So you do, you do it. And then, I, and no, actually, you just... Yeah, and then you just kind of... You just kind of... Uh, all right. All right. But, and then you can put your hands here, too, if you'd like. But we want to move it forward. Yeah. Wow. You lost it. Well, you did it, Mr. Kretchen. Thank you so much. Really friend. appreciate your time. And lastly, Mr. Kretchen, keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Coming up right now, a little tribute to Dennis Hopper via you, the listeners of CITR Radio, who called in to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show when I had Dennis Hopper on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show a couple years ago. Dennis Hopper called in, and thank you again, Dennis, wherever you are, for calling into the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show to help promo a showing of his shot in Vancouver movie, Out of the Blue. John Mackey from the Vancouver Sun in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, just did a great article on the movie Out of the Blue. So if you're near a computer, Google Out of the Blue and John Mackey, J-O-H-N-M-A-C-K-I-E. And John has a great story about shooting the movie Out of the Blue in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada in 1980-1979. So the movie Out of the Blue played a couple years ago at the Pacific Cinematic, and to help promo that, it was the Terminal City Film Festival. Liza Maloney helped bring it up to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you so much. And helped arrange an interview with Dennis Hopper. So Dennis phoned into the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show to talk exclusively about Out of the Blue. He did not come down to the Pacific Cinematic because he was in Los Angeles at the time or Malibu or wherever he's staying. Actually, in the interview, he talks a little bit about his house, his specially designed house that he lived in right to the very end. And again, it's a tribute here to Dennis Hopper. Dennis, we love you. Thank you so much for calling in all these years ago. And it's preserved now in the form of, well, some digital recording of Dennis Hopper. So this is Dennis Hopper phoning in, promoing his appearance at the Pacific Cinematic via film. Out of the Blue was rarely shown, so this was one of the rare showings of it. He wasn't able to make it, as I mentioned, but he did call in. So here's Dennis Hopper. This goes out to you, Dennis Hopper. And before we hear Dennis Hopper, we're going to hear Primal Scream with their track Kill All Hippies, which samples a little bit of the movie Out of the Blue. All on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you again, Dennis, for all the amazing, amazing music and films. Out of the blue comes the most controversial movie of the year. Dennis Hopper, the man who defined the 60s with Easy Rider, now takes on the 80s. Out of the blue. Dennis Hopper brings intelligence to bear. 
has a raw energy and life to it that most films this year seem to be lacking. A movie of rude, rough vitality, extraordinarily well acted by Dennis Hopper and Linda Manns. Jesus Christ, she's a diet. Oh, oh. Johnny Rotten left me. Sid Vicious left me. Punk. Punk. Elvis. Elvis. shock to complacent faith and civilization out of the blue is the easy rider for the 80s the movie that's caused a sensation all across europe is finally coming home
are you? Who am I? <laughs> uh, this is Dennis Hopper. You are Dennis Hopper. And Dennis, you're coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we're talking here about what well, we're going to talk about Out of the Blue. What can you tell the people about Out of the Blue? It's a film I shot some time ago uh, in Vancouver. I uh, uh, directed it uh, and also starring it with Linda Manns. Uh, and actually, to intro the interview, I don't know if you heard the music in the background there, but we played a song by the band Primal Scream because their song Kill All Hippies actually samples out of the blue. Really? Yeah, they sample Linda Manz's voice. And I guess that's what I wanted to ask you a bit about, Dennis Hopper. Dennis, what is the usual spiel that you give people when they ask you about Out of the Blue? Like, you've presented this a few times, haven't you? Were you in London recently, or it did run in London, Out of the Blue? Yeah, the classic film series ran it in, in London. Yeah, I, well, it's, it's a film that I went up to act in, and I, uh, uh, after a, a few weeks of... Uh, not being in the picture, uh, the production manager who produced Easy Rider uh, said that he was closing down the production because none of the footage was usable. And so I said, well, wait a second, let me look at the footage. I looked at it, and uh, it wasn't usable. And uh, so uh, he said, uh, uh, if you take over directing the, the picture, uh, you have four weeks. You, you have four weeks to shoot the picture. So anyway, I did. I relocated everything. I recast things. And... Uh, and rewrote, uh, rewrote it. And I think it's awesome. Do you and actually? Then, and then we were one of the one of the twenty two films in competition at the Cannes Film Festival, and Canada refused to have their name on it because they didn't like the content of the movie. So it ended up uh, uh, Linda Manns and I were introduced as a you know uh, it was a film by Dennis Hopper, not a film by a country because easily they recognized the country and, and so on at the uh, Cannes Film Festival. Oh, I'm sorry Canada did that to you. Well, that's, you know, it's, uh, it was, you know, I'm sure that they, you know, I didn't make it about Canada. The subject is just, uh, uh, I just, I'm um, an American shooting a film. <laughs> well, it actually is a lot about Canada because I want to thank you for preserving vintage Vancouver. There's so much great vintage Vancouver in there. Like there's the great Canadian band, the Pointed Sticks, playing there, like in full 35 millimeter glory. There's posters from local band, the Dish Rags. It's so neat to be able to see Vancouver. What did you think about? Well, it was a wonderful time, you know, and it was a very exciting time. And Neil Young uh, uh, allowed me to use his uh, "Hey, hey, my, my, rock and roll never die." King is dead but not forgotten, but this is a story about Johnny Rotten. Uh, more to the picture than meets the eye. You know, was it hard? My mind. Was but anyway, it... uh, better to burn out than fade away. So, like, you know, I, I, it, was a, it was a wonderful experience. And the uh, people in Vancouver, I edited it in Vancouver also. And Doris Dyke uh, was the, uh, the editor. Anyway, there were some wonderful people who worked on the film. And it was, uh, I can't remember the year, I think it was 80, 82, maybe 81. Was it hard to convince Hollywood to let you shoot in Vancouver? Because you were one of the first to, like, shoot in Vancouver. I mean, there had been movies. Well, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, this was a, an independent production. It was really a Canadian production. It was really cool that you were able to shoot it in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. But you know, Vancouver looks so beautiful now. I was just up there recently. And uh, Vancouver just looks so great. And Victoria is so wonderful, and Vancouver Island, the whole area is so beautiful. And I love those high, new high-rises that are everywhere, those Bauhaus kind of shapes that are in. The landscape just looks so beautiful.
been done really well. It's just spaced out really nicely. I guess I'm kind of the opposite to you, Dennis, where I really enjoy the old Vancouver that you captured. Thank you for capturing that old Vancouver, because that's what I really enjoy. I don't really like the skyscrapers as much. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I think, that, I think Vancouver's looking wonderfully, wonderfully well. And Caller, are you there? Caller? Yeah, hi. You hi, Nardwar. You have a question for Dennis? Hi, Hopper? Dennis. Yeah, um, Dennis, I met you when you were up in town filming that, that no, movie out really of the blue. Um, I was oh, a black and white yeah. punk photographer, and um, we met um, in the course of, I guess, when Neil was going to come in and, and um, do the... Uh, do the soundtrack. Well, I, 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 or, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on a sec, Bev. I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, can, can I, you, can't, I can't hear. You can't hear, Bev? Can't no. hear me? Okay, how about now? I can hear you. I can't hear the caller. No, oh, you can't hear the caller. Okay, maybe yeah. you, Nardware, maybe you could ask my question. Okay, well, I, Bev, what, just briefly, I think what Bev was talking about was Bev met you on the set of the movie or afterwards, and you had some people up visiting you, including Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola? Yes, he was visiting you at that time. Really? Yes, he was. Mm, I, I, I don't know. It's, po it's possible. And I guess what Bev was wondering is she was asking you about taking photos on the set, on the actual set of Apocalypse Now, because you had film in your camera, apparently. Oh, I see what she's saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I... Uh, uh, Francis didn't let me have any film. He was paranoid oh. that I would take photographs and they'd get out before he had the film out. So he uh, he gave me the cameras to no film. And also about Neil Young, was he involved in coming to Vancouver? Because he actually was in Vancouver, wasn't he? No, I, I talked to him on the telephone, but he comes to Vancouver. You know, he was born in Canada. Yes, he was born in Winnipeg, but did he come to Vancouver at all to watch you film? No, 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 no. And Bev, you know, and if, if I ran into Francis, it would had to have been when I was editing. There was nobody up when I was shooting the film. And I shot it very quickly. We're going to try this one more time here, Bev. Can, Hi. Can, yeah. can you hear that at all, Dennis? Can you hear the caller now? Hi, Dennis. Hello. Dennis. Can I you... hear Dennis? Oh, try again, Bev. Hi, Dennis. Hi. You can hear me. Hi. Nice to hear your voice. Thank you. I, 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 I saw you, and it was when you were editing uh, the film, and um, I showed you some black-and-white punk photographs that I had taken in Vancouver. Uh -huh. I don't know if you remember, but we, uh -huh. we spoke, and, and I'm so glad that your movie is out. I saw it actually in London in 1981, so oh, it probably must have been photographed, I mean, you know, like, it must have been first release over there. I never saw it here in Canada until this week, next week when I get to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really having a hard time, but I think you said you've never saw it in Canada. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know that it's ever played up there. Ah, that could be. But I, I don't know. You know, the film was never really distributed. I mean, I, I went to the Cannes Film Festival, came back, and, and, and took it around to theater, individual theaters, but it never was really, uh, never really had a life. Uh, it's Sean Penn's favorite film that I've, I've directed. Uh, well, I like the film very much. Well, thanks so much, Bev. Anything else you'd okay. like to add to Dennis Hopper? No, just thank you for calling and come back to Vancouver again. It's oh, thank nice you. up here. Thank you, Bev. <laughs> and Bev, doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Click, click. Dennis, what was it like working with Raymond Burr, speaking of Canadians? Because he was involved with Out of the Blue. Raymond Burr was uh, wonderful. You know, he, uh, 
first of all, it was very strange because I was making this money movie with 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 Canadian tax money. I mean, I wasn't making, but the producers were. So uh, you had to have all a uh, Canadian cast, and they assumed that that Raymond Burr was Canadian because he'd been born in Canada. But in point of fact, uh, it turned out that he had really uh, he'd uh, he'd become a, a, a United States citizen. So anyway, they had trouble with the, with the tax thing. Uh, all sorts of problems happened with that, but anyway, he the whole film was narrated, and uh, it was narrated from Raymond Burr's point of view about uh, how he helped this young woman. Anyway, I didn't I didn't want to do that that film, so I I, I rewrote it knowing that I was only going to use him in three scenes. I actually, shot him doing this all maybe like you know seven or eight other scenes that uh, we actually did in that limited amount of time. Uh, knowing that I was only going to use the three scenes because I was going to do a different kind of picture. I didn't like narration, so I I cut out the narration. What sort of mindset were you at that time, Dennis? Because there's a famous quote from you that says, when there is a Rottweiler chained to your leg and you're guarding your last pound of coke with a knife, things are kind of bleak. Is that the way you were on the set of Out of the Blue? Uh, no, not out of the blue, but uh, when when it didn't come out, <laughs> it was, I was like that for a while. There's also <laughs> there's also a great quote in the movie where Linda Mann says, "Punk is here to stay. Disco sucks." What were your feelings about punk? Bev mentioned you looking at her punk photos. We have the pointed sticks in the band. What did you feel about punk at that time? Well, I, I didn't feel much about it at all, except that when I arrived in Vancouver, it was everywhere. And Linda Manns, I, I found out that she actually played drums. And all, I just put all these things together while I was there sitting, waiting to work in the trailer. And so when, when suddenly it was my, when suddenly I ended up going to be able to direct this movie, uh, and relocated everything, I, I introduced the things that I saw there, which is the, the pointed sticks, uh, the graffiti, the things. I wanted to know about it. I wanted to know what was happening. That's so that's the way I approached it, and, and these these things were all happening in Vancouver at that time. So I utilized what I could find, and I realized the punk movement was, like, happening, and uh, the dialogue, and, you know, uh, that was all. I got some kids from the punk scene that, that, that uh, started feeding me uh, those kind of lines, which were lines that were being used at that time in the, in the, in the real in the real punk scene in, in Vancouver. And so I, I, I gave these lines to Linda Manns. I got her hanging out with them, and so everything everything changed. And Dennis Hopper, that pointed stick scene is amazing, where you're talking about Linda playing drums. Do you remember shooting that at all at the Viking Hall? Do you remember anything about shooting the concert punk scenes? Oh, yeah, it was wonderful, yeah. It was terrific. They were terrific to work with, that whole... That whole uh, yeah, it went really well. There's a book out called David Spanner's Dreaming in the Rain, and it's all about movies shot in Vancouver, Canada. And there's a little bit there about out of the blue there. And David talks about, he's a film critic for the Vancouver province, how when you were shooting the punk scenes, how some of the punks started to chant, Hollywood, Hollywood, and then you joined in with them by saying, Hollywood, Hollywood. Well, listen, you know, it's a great possibility. Yeah, and I guess what, <laughs> what he was trying to say was you were joining in with them saying, F*** 
Hollywood, but they weren't really relating to you because they didn't know who you were. Like, you were just like another guy. They didn't realize you were like an independent guy. They didn't realize you were putting this together on your own cash, etc. They just thought you were Hollywood. And it was kind of like the punks versus Dennis Hopper. Do you remember that happening? That's the feeling that he was trying it's to get. It's probably it. something that I initiated so I could get it on film. <laughs> and we have a caller. Caller, are you there? I am there. Can you hear the caller at all, Dennis? Hello? Go ahead Hello. Go ahead to Dennis Hopper. Hi, Dennis. My name is uh, Joseph Klimke. I'm an aspiring director, and uh, I must say I'm a huge fan of you. Uh, oh, thank you. I guess my, I have two questions. Uh, the first question, uh, the new uh, spoken word piece you did with the gorillas, are you planning to do uh, any more of that with anybody else, or is that something that was just kind of spur of the moment? Damien asked me to do that when I was in London. I was over in London preparing a movie uh, to direct, which unfortunately didn't happen. But uh, and uh, I ran into Damien. Well, actually, I gave an award. Uh, I gave you uh, 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 two were introdu introduced into the uh, the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in London. Oh, and, cool! Uh, I, I presented it to them, and so I saw Damien there. And Damien uh, uh, asked me if I would do this thing for him for the gorillas and I did have you heard it yeah I, I, I think it's really good oh cool it just came out right yeah yeah I just want to that's terrific I mean Damien I mean it's, a, it's such a good uh, it's such a good scene yeah. yeah I was wondering if you were thinking of uh, maybe doing a solo no, project I, just, I, have, I have a 14 year old son who plays guitar and I really did it for him <laughs> awesome yeah. and for Damien I think Damien's terrific I, mean, I guess my, uh, my second question is I, I just finished reading uh, Easy Riders Raging Bulls where uh, you get quoted a lot, saying a lot of things. I just wonder if you're still friends with Peter Fonda, or if uh, that's not a, that's a relationship that's kind of done with, and if there's maybe a, a remake of uh, Easy Riders in the works or anything like that. I'm missing part of this. I heard Peter Fonda. I'm not well, seeing if you're friends with Peter Fonda anymore. Uh, no, we really aren't. But you know, um, you know, it's it's uh, it. No, we're not really. No. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for phoning in. Anything else you want to add to Dennis Hopper? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you, uh, I mean, with Out of the Blue, you directed and acted in it. Uh, did you, have you, you know, this must have been really hard to do. Is it something that you well, actually, really enjoyed? You know, it, for me, it's, it's not. I, I uh, you know, it's, I've always thought as an, as an actor, so... Um, to be in front of the camera, you can also, like, you know, initiate things that wouldn't happen otherwise. You know, sometimes as a director, you're sitting behind the camera going, oh, man, if I was only in this scene, I would, like, you know, whatever. And then you can actually do that in the scene if you feel the pace is slow, if you feel something's not happening. You know, you can energize it and you can, you know, you make feel it go a different direction, whatever. Yeah, you so feel if you're in the scene, it, it sometimes is very helpful, especially if you think as a director. I mean, think he's an actor. And do do the loot do. Do do. Thank you, Dennis. Okay, thanks. Now, Dennis Hopper, what do you remember about the specifics of shooting the movie? Do you remember all about getting kicked out of a hotel after fighting with Rick Danko of the band over a woman at all? Uh, I don't think. I think we're mixing two different times, maybe. <laughs> you know. Was there ever a fight with Rick Danko over a woman in Canada? Uh, well, Rick and I uh, hung out together. Uh, were we in Canada? Uh, I don't know. I went on the road with him for a while. So uh, it's possible we were in Canada at some point. 
Ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains is another movie that's going to be part of this Terminal City Film Festival. Are you aware of that movie at all? It was done by Lou Adler. Now, what is the name of it? It's called Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains, and it was shot around the same time as your movie, and it stars half of The Clash, and it has a sex pistol in it as well. No, half of the sex pistols. It has a member of The Clash in it, Diane Lane in it, Laura Dern is in it. It's an all-girl band, The wow. Stains. Just wondering if you knew that that was shooting around the same time. No, you know, I didn't know that. That was the same time as Out of the Blue? Roughly, within a year or so. But wow, still, great. That's why it's very exciting. Like, you Preserve the pointed sticks on film, like you put a real live local band into the movie. Yeah. Whereas, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains, they had to bring in the Sex Pistols as the band, right. which is pretty great. But I think which is pretty cool. Lou Adler's cool. Yeah, and the pointed sticks have gone on to very interesting things. I don't know, but if you know, but their manager Steve Macklem, he now manages Diana Krall. I don't know if you know Diana. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he manages but... Diana Krall and Elvis Costello. Oh, fantastic! So the pointed sticks have really gone on to some interesting things. And also, I wanted to mention to you a guy that interviewed you a few years ago, John Armstrong from the Georgia Strait. He said you were one of the greatest people he has ever interviewed, right up there with. Vincent Price. Well, that's very sweet. And have you had any dealings with Vincent Price at all? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I uh, yeah, I, my, I saw my first abstract. You know, he was a great art collector, and uh, I saw my first uh, abstract paintings at his house when I was a kid. When I was like eighteen, he had Richard Devencorn and uh, Jackson Pollock and Franz Klein. I'd never seen any uh, abstract paintings before. And uh, uh, his uh, a friend of I, I worked at La Jolla Playhouse when I was like 16 and 17 years old. That's where I met Vincent. And then when I went under contract with Warner Brothers, uh, the man who I worked for was uh, was uh, uh, in business with Mary Price, uh, Vincent's wife. So I, I would see him, and uh, I used their kiln to make uh, to make uh, tiles in. And Vincent was an incredible uh, incredible man. He was a great art collector, a great uh, intellectual. Speaking of kind of spooky people, how about Yvonne DiCarlo? Because she's from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, you know, from the Munsters at all. Have you ever run across her at all, Dennis Hopper? Now, does she, is she from Vancouver? Yes, Yvonne DiCarlo is from Vancouver, wow. BC, Canada. Yeah, I ran into her a few times. She married uh, Jaime Bravo, as I remember, the bullfighter, didn't she? I'm not exactly sure. I do know that she had an apparent fling with Howard Hughes. Again, another guy that lived in Vancouver for six months. And uh, Nicholas Ray, I believe, who directed Rev Without a Cause. Caller, are you there? Never. Go ahead to Dennis Hopper. Dennis, pleasure. Uh, listen, uh, what, is, what, what is the problem of Hollywood? Is that the money, or is that the lack of talent, or is it both? What is what? What is wrong with Hollywood? Is that because of the money? Is that because of the lack of talent, or is it both? Well, I think, you know, it's, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Hollywood. The problem is that there's, that, that there's very little distribution for, for, for films, you know, for personal films, for independent films. So, uh, I mean, Hollywood makes these big money pictures. So, you know, I mean, some of them are good, some of them are bad. It's it's the littler pictures that seem not to get made, and if they do get made, they have no distribution. So I, I you know, until there's different alternatives for distribution, which I think DVD and the 
internet and so on is like you know certainly i mean it hasn't uh, become what it will become but there is somewhere in there that there will be another kind of distribution uh, certainly dvd and video opens it up for other people to be able to make films very inexpensively uh, it's just a matter of distributing them, getting them to audiences any other questions at all hunts for dennis hopper well i guess it's well i guess i don't know you probably remember the bad lieutenant and uh, probably you would be the only one who could play this scene in a, in a church uh, after Harvey Keitel. You, you, you know, I couldn't possibly see anybody else except you and him doing it. That was a compliment, of course. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I thank you. Well, thanks so much, caller, and do 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 loot do. Two two. Lauren Green. You were on Bonanza with Lauren Green. He really yeah. is Canadian, isn't he? Lauren yeah. Green. Absolutely. So you've had Lauren Green. Oh, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Lauren Green and Raymond Burr. Yeah. But I guess... Neil Young. Neil Young and also, isn't your own house designed by a Canadian, Frank Geary? Frank Geary. How did that happen? Like, your house is amazing, apparently. It's like a studio wrapped in tinfoil. <laughs> it's, it's, I think, steel, but <laughs> tinfoil will do. <laughs> uh, uh, Frank is an old friend of mine. And uh, I, uh, when I came back to Los Angeles from New Mexico, I decided that I wanted to live down in Venice because I knew a lot of my artist friends lived down here. So I, uh, I bought a Frank Gehry place and uh, in a very bad area. The, the architects call them the Three Little Pigs because they're made of really cheap materials. But I bought one of them. And then and when I directed Colors with Sean Penn and Robert Duvall, I, I bought another little piece of a little place next door and I tore that down and built another one and joined that up. Then I bought the second Frank Gehry place and joined that up with the other place. So I have two Frank Gehry places joined up with the Brian Murphy and then I bought a place on the other side of that and uh, kept that sort of the way it was and walled it in and put in a pool. So it's sort of, uh, yeah, I've been here a while. But what? Frank Gehry's an old friend and uh, yeah, he's really done well. The Bill Bow Museum is incredible. What exactly should people look for in a movie? Is there any sort of stuff that they should look for? Any sort of little things, particular scenes you're proud of when they're watching the movie next Wednesday night? Well, you know, I think I think it's important to listen to the music because the music is like has a voice of its own, uh, you know, and tells a story of its own. And I, I think that uh, if one uh, saw Easy Rider, which I directed, uh, and think of my character as perhaps an extension of Billy, the character that I played in uh, in Easy Rider, and uh, that unfortunately it's a metaphor for the way I saw uh, you know uh, family life going in America at that time. So that was my uh, my point of view. Do you remember any difficult scenes in shooting out of the blue? Like any particular difficult scenes? I was kind of alluding to the punk scene. David Spanner thought it might have been a bit difficult when the punk started getting a bit rowdy. But do you remember any difficult scenes in shooting the movie at all, Dennis Hopper? No, not really. No, I don't. I don't remember. Uh... And lastly here, Dennis Hopper, I was curious about the James Dean Natalie Wood champagne bath. Did that really happen? There was a famous... Well, James Dean wasn't there. Oh, do, do, maybe you could tell the people about that. Was, oh, come on. It was Natalie Wood and, and some hot champagne. 
no, it was Nick Adams and I and Natalie and a girlfriend. And Natalie always fantasized about having a champagne bath, and so we gave her one. And she sat down in the in the champagne and didn't stop screaming till we got her to the emergency room because it seems to burn. It, That's really the end of the story. <laughs> it kind of burns sensitive areas of one's body, wouldn't you say, that? I, I would say that this is, a, this is a reality. So for anybody out there... That milk, wants, maybe, champagne, I don't think so. For anybody out there that wants to have a champagne bath... Go for milk. <laughs> we have a caller here. Caller, are you there? Hi there. Go ahead. That's, that's a good Natalie Wood story. Um, I'm curious, with Blue Velvet, how much of what you did was winging it, or whether that was all scripted by Lynch? That was all scripted by Lynch. So there was no flex or not so much flexibility, but you did what you were told. Yeah, basically. The only the only thing that I added was uh, uh, the. Uh, the gas that he was that he was doing was written as helium, and uh, and David had it on the set, and you know it makes you sound like Donald. It makes you like very high like that. Yeah, sound like Donald Duck. And I tried to do it, and I I couldn't uh, do it. And I said, David, you know, when I read the script, I thought of this as amyl nitrate or nitric oxide, something that you know disorients you for a few minutes. And uh, and he said, what what, what 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 is that? And I said, well, let me show you what it would look like, you know. And so I I acted it for him. And he said, oh, I like that. I like that. Go ahead and do that. So that's all. But I mean, basically every line. There was no improvisation in that movie hmm. uh, at all. With the ones that you've handled yourself, do you let your actors kind of uh, wing it a bit, or do you? Oh, keep I, them? I do. I do. And and uh, a lot of my films, I improvise a lot. But. Uh, I didn't in that, and in, and in True Romance, if you saw that with Chris Walk and uh, Tarantino's writing, uh, there was no improvisation in that except for I, I called him an eggplant and he called me a cantaloupe. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was ad lib, but the rest of it was Tarantino's writing. How about for Out of the Blue? Is there any improvisation to look for in Out of the Blue? No. But you said you got some of the lines, like, punk is here to stay, disco side. Oh, out of the blue, I'm sorry. I, I, I went to Blue Velvet. Sorry, sorry, sorry. How many blue uh, movies have you done? There's a lot of blues <laughs> in my life. Uh, no, there's a lot of improvisation in uh, Out of the Blue. A lot of it. Anything else you want to add to Dennis Hopper at all, William Jans? No, I think that's great. Um, I'm curious, though. Are, are you still enjoying this, or is it kind of after so many years just a job? No, no, I love it, man. I, I, I love what I do. Wow, well, keep up the good work. Thanks very much. Well, thank you. Thank you, caller, and doot doo do loot do You had colors where you had rap. What was it like doing rap? I mean, you've done everything, Dennis Hopper. You got the punks, you got the rap, you got the old rockabilly, you got the mods. It's, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. And actually, that goes to a question that we had. A caller was asking off air, what are you, a mod or a rocker? Because the caller noted, in Rebel Without a Cause, were you wearing or riding a lambretta? No, I wasn't, uh, but uh, James Dean may have. No, I think that was Salminio. Because there might have been a lambretta and an easy... Sal, Salminio rode a motor scooter of some kind. Yeah, and I guess he was one. He thought that maybe it was you riding it, and in an yeah. easy rider, you rode like a hog. So he wondered yeah. if you were a mod or a rocker, because he loved scooters, and he wondered if you liked scooters maybe just as much as you liked motorbikes. I, I really like four-wheel drive. <laughs> Baboom! 
um, also, I guess what he was wondering was a bit about like the colors and how that came together with the rap connection. Like, you know, you had the punks, you have the rap, the mod, the locker, rockers and stuff like that. Ice tea, like colors. That was amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a long story, man. I, I don't think I have enough time to tell you how all that came together. But Sean Penn basically uh, was the one that, uh, uh, allowed me to direct that movie. Are you looking for any other subcultures to tap into at all? Like, can we look to you to predict the future at all, Dennis Hopper? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch up with it now. How about Waterworld? What was Waterworld like? It was a wonderful experience. I'd never been to Hawaii before, so I was there for four and a half months. And, and Kevin, like, you know, is such a perfectionist. He worked every day and so the bad guy just didn't work that you know i think i, w I was there four and a half months and maybe i worked three weeks so it was a wonderful time for me and you'd never been to hawaii before never that's my wife was there and my child it was great that's a great vacation it was terrific well hopefully we'll see you up in vancouver british columbia canada we're sad you can't make it up for the premiere of out of the well Blue. i'm really excited it's happening i think it's really it's a wonderful film i'm very proud of it and uh... uh it was uh... Yeah. Made, by, by, made by Canadians in Canada, and I, I edited there, everything was done there. And I love Vancouver, it's one of my favorite places. Weren't you filming a movie here a little while ago, say within the last six yeah, months? Yeah, Memories. Has that come out at all? No, 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 it's just, it's just going to be coming out. How many movies have you shot in Vancouver? Like, you, it was Out of the Blue the first time you had been to Vancouver? Then I did one called The Keeper uh, with uh, Asia Argento over in Victoria uh, last year. And I, I don't know, I, I think three or four. Was Out of the Blue your first time in Canada, or had you been to Canada quite a bit? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Like, was that your first film filmed in Canada? It was, um, I, I, I don't, I, maybe it probably was my, maybe it was my first time. I'm not sure of that. And lastly, I guess I didn't really ask you this, but who are the other people involved with Out of the Blue? Are any of them living in Vancouver still? Do you have any friendships that have developed over the years? What have happened to the rest well, of Well, you know, it's been, it's been a long time, you know. Uh, uh, I've sort of lost contact with the people. But uh, Paul Lewis, who was the uh, producer of the movie, uh, he's living in New York City. He's, uh, uh, he was the one that made Easy Rider with me. And that was my production manager on Easy Rider. So um, anyway, he's uh, he's around. Um, beyond that, I've I've lost contact with the other people. Any of the cast at all? Do you keep contact with any of the cast, or do you know what happened? You to know, you? I saw Linda Mans maybe four years ago. Was, uh, she's living on the ballet. I think she has five kids, and uh, she's married to a cinematographer. Dennis Hopper, how cool is Out of the Blue? Do you use it as a way to gouge somebody's coolness? Because I once heard a quote from Courtney Love where people used to run up to her and say, can I get your autograph? And she would say to them, I'm not going to give you my autograph until you can name one of my songs. And, of course, nobody could name any of her songs. But do people that come up to you and say, I love Out of the Blue, does that instantly make them your friend? Like, is Out of the Blue one of the cool ways to get in with Dennis Hopper? Well, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly, um, uh, it's certainly a film that I'm proud of, you know. And uh, people, uh, people get the message. It's, uh, that's all it's about. Well, thank you very much for your time, Dennis Hopper. Thank you. It's wonderful talking to you. Really appreciate it. Why yeah. should people care about Out of the Blue? Lastly, why should people care and come out next Wednesday night to go see it? Uh, well, it's.
filmmaking. Oh, great. Well, thanks so much, Dennis Hopper. Okay. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Oh, wait, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Please don't look at me, I seen all that I want to see you Take your cigarettes and not a 40-year-old household out of the house Why, I just with a terminal solution Your face is like a preview of September's television And you're somebody's mama hey! Even if you're just a lady, you slash bum And you're married somebody's dad Why you stay home and kill your ass and said it There's another person, you're somebody's mama hey! Even if you're just a lady, you first born And you're married somebody's dad hey! But I mean you turn on a show what I've been mad hey! the movie Out of the Blue, the pointed sticks from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with Somebody's Mom. And before that, an interview with Dennis Hopper. Rest in peace. To end the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, here's some more Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada rock. The band... The Defectors with their song Black Hole. And then we're also going to play something by another band from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, The Shilos, and the song The New Balladeer. And then we're going to kick it over to Austin, Texas with Harlem and their song Spray Paint. And then might fit in a few other tunes as well on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. Here are The Defectors.
Welcome!